Gossip at the Corpse Cart contains graphic and explicit content that may not be suitable for some listeners. Listener discretion is advised. We have a very exciting announcement for you because we are going to be coming at you live in New York City. The Big Apple. The Windy Apple. The city of, of bright lights? I forget. Yes. The Tell city us that more. never sleeps. Yeah. We are coming to New York. We're going to be at the Gramercy Theater uh, on July 8th. Show starts at 8 p.m. You can get your tickets at wineandcrimepodcast.com. Be there or be square. Oh, my God. Hello and welcome back to Gossip at the Corpse Cart, where we are doing fine. Uh, Yeah. We're doing great and we're doing fine. What rash on my neck that's mysterious and I don't know why it's there. What do you mean? (laughs) What tornado (laughs) sirens taking up my whole afternoon yesterday? What wind (laughs) drama? It's fine. What accidentally sleeping till 1 p.m.? Okay. You um, did that today? Luck. I woke up for a little while and then I went back to sleep for like four hours. Good That'll for get you. Ya. That'll oh. get ya. I'm the calling old, it a nap. The old rolling <laughs> over just for a li- for 15 more minutes turning into four hours is oh, yeah. my regular morning routine. Yeah. I woke Big up. Time. My face was red. I had like mm. blanket marks on it. And it was like that cat <laughs> meme that just says, when am I? <laughs> That's how I woke up at 1 p.m. Oh, nice. The best. Um, anyway, I'm Lucy. Oh, uh, I'm a ma- or I'm not a nope, man. Nope, you're not. <laughs> you wish. You, you wish, wish you had this rash. <laughs> wow, I was looking at the. I was reading your name. I'm Kenkin. Holy shit. Oh my God. I'm Amanda. I'm the Mary. <laughs> oh, okay, well, let's just fucking get yeah, to let's it. Just get, let's I guess it's time for my segment Crazy <laughs> Headlines. <laughs> Oh my God! Jesus Christ! Wait, do you actually want me to go? Go, it's yes. my turn. Let's okay. do it. Let's just do it. Everyone listening knows what this is. They know it's why Gat. we're here. It's fine. It's Gat. It's Gat. It's and Gat. these are my crazy headlines for this month. <laughs> and I gotta be honest, this month is an absolute treasure. <laughs> so thank you all so much for your submissions. Just gems upon gems upon gems. I. I'm going to start with uh, an article that really highlights those situations where convenience ends up biting you in the ass and also where having kids ends up biting you in the ass. Oh, no. Lucky Kenyon. Where okay. to begin? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The headline reads, I looked at my bank account and it was getting drained. Michigan dad says his six-year-old spent nearly $1,000 on Grubhub deliveries. No. <laughs> and if you... <laughs> is his six-year-old my husband? You guys, this little kid is so stinking cute. I don't know if I have a photo of him on the drive, but I'm dropping one right now. He looks so pleased with himself. <laughs> he did so good. This just fucking cracked me up. So this says, Michigan man says, his- <laughs> <laughs> look how pleased with himself he is. Little Chase. 
Says his six-year-old son spent nearly $1,000 on Grubhub deliveries. The orders included chicken shawarma, chili cheese fries, and nearly $500 worth of pepperoni pizza. Shawarma. Was he eating all this food? Was it it a butt order? Oh, no. No. Since the orders couldn't be canceled, the family shared food with neighbors and stored the leftovers. It says a six-year-old in the Detroit area spent Saturday night ordering enough food on Grubhub to feed a whole party using his dad's (laughs) cell phone. When Keith Stonehouse let his son Mason play a game on his phone before bed, he didn't expect it would lead to multiple meal deliveries from local restaurants. (laughs) Stonehouse documented the nearly $1,000 food shopping spree on Facebook. Oh, my God. Quote, imagine my shock when delivery driver after delivery driver <laughs> showed up last night dropping off food at my doorstep. Was Stone the six-year-old just like, you know what? No, I'm not craving pepperoni pizza. Now I, I want, want shawarma. <laughs> this oh all happened God. in like one evening? Like within less than an hour. <laughs> like That's rapid funny. fire. I was picturing like secretly over time yeah. a six-year-old no, just like quietly accepting a delivery and eating it <laughs> no Don't it occurred while his while his wife Kristen was at the movies leaving Stonehouse at home with Mason he told local news outlet Michigan Live it took a few deliveries for him to realize his son was behind all the orders <laughs> chicken shawarma chili cheese fries ice cream and more began to arrive at the Stonehouse residence honestly his sounds like Corey blazed i know it's it's uh, th- Okay, one time when I was really drunk, I came home and tried to order pizza and didn't realize that I had ordered it to be delivered at 11 a.m. on Thursday a week later. <laughs> and I fell asleep the and then- fuck is my pizza? Oh my God, passed out. And then a week later, I, and I'd prepaid, pre-tipped, I get this incredible surprise, lunch delivered by, by the drunk Amanda Ferry. <laughs> Best Thursday morning of my life. Uh, I definitely ordered pizza and then passed out and not opened the door. It's better to do that than put a pizza in the oven and then pass out. Yeah, no, that's scary. I did something similar with Jimmy John's. Mm -hmm. Like, they they close at, like, 9 p.m. Like, they don't deliver late at night. No. And for whatever reason... I kept trying to like customize because I like to add easy onions mm-hmm. <laughs> and some ha- and I kept being like, it's not working. It's not working. Well, the yeah. next morning, <laughs> right at 1030 a.m. because that is when they open. Yeah. I got six <laughs> foot long like, fast. S- sandwiches with only ham. No. <laughs> Nothing else. No mayo. It was just six plain mm. ham. <laughs> Six. What are you, <laughs> me pregnant? Seriously. <laughs> oh, my God. oh, my God. They had to have known because the order came in at like 1 a.m. Right. <laughs> they're mean, not doing they're not that there. analysis. They're no. just like, great. They just wake, they get, they open the store, they take the online orders, and they make it happen. Uh, they know me. I order Jimmy John's at least <laughs> once a week, which is kind of problematic for many reasons, but that's okay. okay. so this continues on to say quote i took the food and then it hit me i looked at my phone with repeated messages that my food was getting ready and my food was being delivered (laughs) stonehouse told michigan live he added i looked at my bank account and it was getting drained (laughs) 
According to the report, he was unable to cancel the orders through the restaurants on Grubhub, so the food ultimately went to neighbors and other families' refrigerators. Thankfully, Mason's $439 pepperoni pizza order was declined and flagged by Chase Bank as suspicious, but not before the young foodie could spend over $300 elsewhere. Quote, I was trying to explain to him that this was not good. And he puts his hands up and stops me and says, Dad, did the pepperoni pizzas come yet? (laughs) (laughs) He is Corey as an adult. Jesus. Dad, yeah, what I'm hearing a lot of this, and what I want to be hearing is, your pizza's here. Where's my pizza? (laughs) Your pizza's here. (laughs) Stonehouse said, I I had to walk out of the room. I didn't know if I should get mad or laugh. I did not know what to do. (laughs) The nearly $1,000 tab included the default 25% gratuity charged by Grubhub, so the delivery drivers also cashed in on Mason's spending spree. Although the commenters on his post laughed and shared their own similar stories, Stonehouse said he's not quite ready to laugh it all off yet. He said, quote, I was probably a 9.5 out of 10 anger while it was happening. The next day I was at an 8 and now I'm at about a (laughs) 3. All right. He continued, I don't really find it funny yet, but I can laugh with people a little bit. It's a lot of money and it kind of came out of nowhere. I mean, you're a white man. You'll be fine. It it is a (laughs) lot of money. No, that absolutely sucks. But also like, you got to watch your kids. Yeah. Don't. Sorry that your wife went out to enjoy her evening and you just plopped your kid on a phone so you wouldn't have to deal with him. And then he fucking would have been cheaper to to interact with your child at bedtime. Get a babysitter or something. Sorry about it. Okay. My my next headline. uh, I I just I relate to this because I would call 911 if Bill ate my special treats that I had been saving for a special occasion. Oh, no. So he wouldn't dare. Uh, he better not. So let this it's like be using your sky miles. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Don't do it. Let this next story be a fucking lesson to you. Do not touch my pie. Mm. <laughs> okay. This is out of Florida. Shockingly. Fort Myers man arrested after disrespectfully consuming key lime pie. <laughs> they take that shit real seriously. Yeah. This article is incredible. What constitutes the perfect dessert? Is it a balance of sweetness and tartness? Is it something that reminds you of childhood? Could it be all of the above? Mm. While the strawberry shortcake might be the official dessert of Florida, there's no denying the true king of the sweet life in the Sunshine State, the key lime pie. There is a long and contested history regarding the citrus-inspired treat, Ship salvagers and Key West cooks all lay claim to the original recipe containing a filling of condensed milk, egg yolks, and key lime juice baked into a graham cracker crust until tenderly set. Whether you prefer a meringue or whipped cream topping, key lime pie is a staple of the Floridian menu. That's why one Fort Myers man went out of his way to obtain his favorite post-dinner treat for his mother's birthday. He took the custard creation and secured it in his refrigerator, where it would remain until the big day. He even warned another person in the residence, David Powelson, to please leave his mother's edible present unsullied in the ice packs. But Powelson, drawn to the dessert, was losing all control to a pie in waiting. 
On February 15th, around 5 p.m., the man slipped into a daze in his recliner when something caught his eye. Powelson wasn't just eating his prized possession, but was making sure there wasn't even a crumb left behind. Son of a bitch. Seriously. Why didn't you just save me one piece, the dejected man extolled to Powelson. <laughs> As the man's blood began to boil over the disrespect shown to his key lime pie, he confronted David, and the two became embroiled in a war of words over the final course. In his attempt to de-escalate things, Powelson tried to cool off his heated opponent by dumping two large glasses all over the pieless victim. Oh, with that, the, the wound. Yeah. With that, the Lee County Sheriff's Office was called, where the victim and Powelson each explained their side of the story. Following a brief investigation, Powelson was arrested and charged with battery on a person 65 or older. Elder abuse. Elder abuse. Then this just goes on to give a key lime pie recipe, but there's a photo. <laughs> oh my god, the whole article a is just a lead. It's a blog. <laughs> it's just a blog. It's blog. a recipe blog. I it would pretty read much recipe blogs if they were crime, crime related. Yeah. yeah. This uh, is fucking amazing. I don't want to hear about your family and your sweet Mima. No. And uh, I don't care. <laughs> no. But I do gets. not care about your Mima, but I do care about David Powelson mm-hmm. and his mugshot, which is on the drive. Yep. He means business. He wants the pie. Oh, He's my pie. I labeled God. It, I labeled it pie thief. Yeah. So, oh, you can see it in his eyes. Yeah. I love it. Okay, moving on. I got a couple more here for you. I'm only a few months away from my wedding day, and this article gives me hope for the future. And I think needs to be a movie if it isn't already. Couple celebrates 57 years married despite multiple murder attempts. Oh. Like on each other. (laughs) This is out of Allentown, Pennsylvania, because of course it is. They say what doesn't kill you makes you stronger, and a Pennsylvania couple insists their unusual romance is proof of that, even though one tried to kill the other for real. For real. (laughs) For real. (laughs) Oh, good. Okay. Their love story even caught the attention of Hollywood. Thank God. Mm -hmm. This year, Tony and Francis Toto will celebrate 57 years of marriage. Quote, we've been blessed that we had together all these years. There was one time when we had some rough times, Tony Toto yeah, described. Sounds like it. When Do Tony, tell. When Tony Toto says that they had a rough time, he's putting it mildly. The year was 1983. Tony and Francis Toto had four kids and a pizza shop, but he strayed from the marriage and she found out. Yep, he mm-hmm. ate her pie. Mm-hmm. Oh. Oh, yeah. Even oh. <laughs> what happened next was like something out of a movie. Hollywood thought so, too, turning the Toto's troubles into a feature film called I Love You to Death, starring Kevin Klein, Tracy Ullman, Keanu Reeves, and River Phoenix. How do I not know about this? Wow. That's a star-studded cast. Yeah, I'm going to watch that tonight. While not everything in the movie is accurate, Frances Toto did hire teenage hitmen to help her try to kill her husband five times. Wait, did we cover this for Try Try Again? I don't know. Did we? Maybe I. Maybe I just. Maybe thought there's about another it. couple that tried to kill each other Probably. five times. I don't know. 
Including failed attempts to blow up his car and attack him with a baseball bat. Wow. (laughs) One night, Frances Toto put a bottle of sleeping pills in her husband's food, and then the hitmen shot him. Twice, once in the back of the head, and then the bullet went through the chest, Tony Toto said. Because of the pills, Tony Toto's system slowed down. He was in a daze and said he couldn't feel a thing, believing his wife when she told him he just had the flu. He was totally fine. Totally Totally fine. (laughs) Quote, the one in his head is still there. I don't think I was thinking straight. It was like a love-hate kind of thing, Francis Toto said. He's still walking around with a bullet in his head. I I am uploading the movie poster. Yes. Yes. It's so 90s. I love it. So much. We have to watch. It. Oh, I anything with Kevin Klein, please don't be problematic. Because and River oh Phoenix and Keanu Reeves. A Keanu Reeves could never. God bless him. After five days, police found out about the plot and arrested Francis Toto and the teenage hitman. Tony Toto spent twelve days in the hospital. The <laughs> Tony first Toto. Tony Toto. Tony Toto. The first thing he did when he was discharged was bail out his wife. Oh, that is a dysfunctional relationship. And then we both cry and we said to each other, from now on, let's talk. Let's talk. Let's communicate better. (laughs) Something that we should have done before. So that's what was missing. Oh, my God. Let's not shoot each other or try to kill each other with a bunch of sedatives. Let's just talk about it. Let's quit taking out hits on each other. This is incredible. (laughs) It's so amazing. Tony and Francis Toto say that tearful moment was a new beginning for their relationship, and it helped them stay on track. They got counseling. (laughs) Did I forgive? Yes. Nothing happened to me. It's okay. Don't forget. He says nothing happened to me. It's okay. Don't do it again. Take it easy. (laughs) Take it easy. (laughs) Fucking relax. Yeah. But Frances Toto had to pay for what she did, spending four years in prison and talking to her spouse on the phone every day. Then, <laughs> in 1990, a silver lining to their dark cloud, I Love You to Death, hit theaters. Tony and Frances Toto traveled to movie premieres around the world and were featured in thousands of newspaper and magazine articles. And cash the fuck in on that. Yeah. No. Turns they gotta out, stay life's together. pretty good when you when there's a hit movie made about you. Yeah, a hit. <laughs> hit. Oh, the no. couple says they know their situation is one in a million, and many people won't agree with it or understand it. While they stopped talking publicly about what happened long ago, they wanted to share their story well, they now. they stopped talking. <laughs> because one is dead. Let's talk. Oh, we can do this. Take it easy. <laughs> they wanted to share their story now as an extreme example of the importance of communication in marriage. Holy shit. Quote, if we could help one or two families, it's worth it. Tony Toto said. <laughs> one or two families are thinking of murdering each other. Yep. <laughs> and then oh it provides God. resources if you are experiencing intimate partner violence. You can call the National Domestic Violence Hotline at 1-800-799-SAFE. Well, this couple is an absolutely terrible <laughs> example. Fucking example. Do not listen to a word that they say. I don't know. Love cankers out. No. Oh, God. <laughs> Love, Love finds a way. Love cankers out. It's like the Tom. It's like the Tom Schwartz thing on what? Watch what happens live oh, last night. I can. I will never recover. 
<laughs> he goes on this long thing. I will he's never. Like, well, you know, that. she's like his heroine, and she's just as destructive. And he and knows he has he's a ADHD. huge piece of shit, and and he has this, and it's all it's all terrible. And they've and the whole planet thinks they're both scum, but and they know, you know their maybe, relationship maybe is so toxic. All. Yeah, it's <laughs> like they know how toxic this whole situation is, but maybe love conquers all. <laughs> Yeah, maybe, Tom Schwartz, you fucking idiot. (laughs) You literal scum. (laughs) Anyway, I can't go down that rabbit hole again because I never left it. Next. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, this next little portion is not an article, but it had to be shared, and it's a lot for Lucy. Uh And maybe you've seen this. I don't know. This is a post that Haley M. sent me from Facebook. Thank you so much. Mm-hmm. This is from the Facebook group. This cat is grumpy. <gasps> I'm not in there. Well, what? get right in now. there. Were you because kicked out for being this- too into it? I mean, this cat <laughs> is chonky. I mean, mm-hmm. if Lucy, this if this person didn't get kicked out for this, grumpy is G-R-O-M-P-Y. This cat is grumpy. I'm also in this cat is lewd. This cat is gay, and this cat is Bebby. <laughs> wow. Grumpy's I love one. this cat is gay. This cat is gay. I'll invite you. Thank you. This is written by Kelly Rowe, and it is about her own cat and her own experience. Here we go. She starts with trigger warning, gross, and a droplet of blood <laughs> emoji. Oh. Okay, y'all, I debated for a couple days whether I should share my story or not, and I realized that it is imperative that the world knows such a creature exists. Some of you may already be familiar with poopies, a.k.a. puka. Um, Puka, or poopies, my fearless four-pound garbage disposal goblin. (gasps) (gasps) She is my little- Same as poopies. Oh, God. She is my little shadow, always lurking in the darkness, waiting for a tasty morsel to drop from the heavens. And there are there are photos of poopies on the drive. Poopies. A few nights ago. Oh, God. A few nights ago, I was slicing a lemon from my very lovely for my very lovely cup of tea when the rather large knife I was using slipped and dropped to the floor simultaneously severing my pinky toe no. clean off. Oh, oh my, god. my oh god. god. Oh my god. Look at the photo. Look at the x-ray. <gasps> There's an x-ray on the drive. Whoa. No. Luckily, clean I'm a- cut. Clean cut. Very- keeping your knife sharp. It's important. The toe is like six inches Gone. away from the foot. Gone. <laughs> Luckily, I'm a trauma nurse and went into action mode right away. I did my best to stop the bleeding and was ready to drive myself to the hospital when I remembered I needed to grab one last thing, my toe. Mm -hmm, (laughs) mm -hmm. I was looking for it on the kitchen floor where I last saw it and it was gone. That's weird, I thought to myself. (gasps) The movement caught my eye a few feet away. In a dark corner, puka poopies was crouched down, licking something off the floor, no, then I'm off of her up. chops. Oh! Gas! No, I'm gonna throw up. Poopies, you didn't! Poopies, no! Poopies, did. She, she did. Poopies make. Poopies make. Poop. She did. In one bite, swallowed it whole. Uh, wow! She reposed. She responded with her high-pitched little trill, satisfied and asking for more. 
I didn't have time to think about it anymore. I, I had to my get other to toe. The, I cut off my well, other toe. If you insist. <laughs> That's oh true. God, so I cute. really feel ill. I had to get to the hospital. <laughs> Three bags of blood and one minor surgery later, I'm back home with my little goblin. <laughs> I've laughed the entire time about this. So did the wonderful staff at the hospital. It's definitely one for the books. (laughs) I have truly never had a little creature or soul in my life that I love as much as her. I've rescued and been blessed to have many. Being a cat owner is a thousand percent a cult. Just something so special about her. Her eating my toe only makes me love her more. Sure. I'm honored. Now we're bonded forever. Oh, my God. Now a part this. of me is a part of her. Oh, she's everywhere. She's in everything. I wouldn't want anyone else to have eaten it. Tearing up face oh. emoji. <laughs> Uh, I am fully here for this. Uh, Kenyon, you'll like this. Bonus, Puka Poopies got her name because I am Scottish and Gaelic Puka or P-U-C-A means goblin and is also a mischievous creature of Celtic folklore and she very that she very much resembles. She is a terrifying looking cat. I, She's so I'm cute. I'm not even kidding. I think this person is a listener. I feel what? like no. we got an email not about the tokes. I obviously would have flagged that up. <laughs> But I feel like pre-incident, <laughs> I feel like we got an email from someone who was like, Maybe. my cat's name is Scottish Gaelic and it means goblin. Maybe. Oh, my God. Um, fo- the, the post blew up and folks definitely had questions about this insane situation. Some of them I also had. So, like, why did you need three bags of blood for a cutoff toe? She says, to answer some questions, I'm on blood thinners. So, yes, I really did bleed out enough to warrant three bags of blood. The knife I was using was a professional knife from the brand Made In. Didn't we oh do ads for them? They were both. <laughs> oh, my God. Those knives are excellent. They are. I love my Made In. <laughs> yeah. No. I swear to God, I'm looking in the, I'm going to look, search the email. (laughs) (laughs) Holy shit. Made it. My hands are so sweaty. Oh my God. This is so amazing. She also took poops to the 24 hour vet. ASAP, she had her boyfriend do it to make sure that she was okay and was loaded up with fluids so she could pass the toe on her own without any complications. And she loved (laughs) all of the attention. I (laughs) love Josie, but if she ate my toe, I don't think I would take her to the vet. Uh, uh, I feel like I'd have a (laughs) Josie's also a lot bigger than a cat that this is a small cat too she's four fucking pounds mm-hmm. wow that's very small like okay. if pepperoni ate my toe i'd probably take her to the vet wow after i f- fixed up my toe but pepperoni is not food motivated i don't think she'd eat my toe if, if she would eat like delicious- ate my toe i would take her to the pediatrician <laughs> Ghostface would eat my toe a yeah. thousand percent Ghostface would eat your toe you don't even have to yeah. wonder no. and i would uh, be equally as honored I think mm. I'd have a very similar reaction. Okay. So, Lucy, make sure to flag this post because she did promise a follow-up photo of her toe once it's healed. Yes. And said, right now, it's heavily bandaged with a drain from surgery, so she can't post 
pictures of wow. it. So if you are indeed a listener and there's a lot in here that suggests you are, yes. <laughs> I'm impressed really and terrified hear from you and we need to we need an update we want to know how you're doing maybe we could send you a little a little gift as a get well gift yep. yeah maybe a pet socks. bandana oh, oh definitely a pet bandana <laughs> Puka pet bandana yep. has earned it she really has okay i have one more little trinket for you that also comes with some pictures and first i want to preface this by saying I want to go deeper into this story. So I'm thinking this will be a teaser to what will be my next drunk dive. So if you're not already a patron, I would recommend joining because those drunk dives are amazing. Uh, I want to dive deeper into this because it's possible I have encountered this person before. While I was living in upstate New York, I uh, used, I was blonde. There's pictures of me on the drive. I was yeah. blonde so that I could use my sister's ID. She's five years older than me. So yeah. that you could use your to sister's go to the bar. ID? Yeah, quite literally. I like <laughs> went blonde so that I could use her ID and have it look more like me. <laughs> and I used to go to this bar in Rochester called Lux. It was like yeah. a club. And... One night while we were there, I was approached at the bar by a man in a full-blown Cookie Monster costume with the head uh-huh. and, like, a Guy Fieri, like, flame button-up shirt on over the costume. How do you know it was a man? Because was I it spoke obvious? with him. Oh, okay. And I was, like, I was drunk, and I'm, like, why? Yeah, ew. <laughs> I was, like, why are you dressed like Cookie Monster? I asked if he was, like, a furry. Yeah. And he was like, oh, I got kicked out of that group. Oh. <gasps> Much I, like, like Lucy and the cat group. And the cat group. I haven't been kicked out of any groups yet. Mm, yet. And <laughs> I was a little noise. shook. <laughs> and then I posed for some photos with him and then did not engage further for the rest of our time in the did bar. Did not get engaged Good further. No. no, not to Cookie Monster. And somebody just recent or somebody recently, yeah, for this sent us this article, and it gave me pause. It makes me wonder. I need to do some uh, some red stringing to see if this was actually. If we this have person. connections to both this story, I know, and the toe story. Yeah, I'm. Wow, I'm starting to feel it's like a big day over here at Wine. It's a it's a really big day. It's a really big day. This is not a good person to have connections to, though. So uh, mm. I, I, this person is deeply disturbed and problematic. Mm. And I need to dive deeper into this absolute bizarre story. So the headline reads, Cookie Monster Sightings Unsettling Locals Police Say Not to Engage. Definitely the same guy. Yeah, it definitely. Very well, maybe. So Santa Cruzans have been have recently seen a man dressed as the Cookie Monster from Sesame Street loitering around the beach boardwalk and wharf area. Although the man has not been charged with any crimes locally, police are encouraging those who encounter him not to interact. The Santa Cruz Police Department is encouraging people not to engage with a man dressed in a Cookie Monster costume who has been seen around the Santa Cruz wharf and beach boardwalk in recent days. SCPD spokesperson Joyce Blaschke, Whoa. Blaschke said the department has received calls. <laughs> Thank you. Has received calls from concerned residents saying the man dressed as the iconic Sesame Street character is creepy and uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. 
Blaschke said the man has been known to badger people, but he has not been charged with any crime. A Los Angeles Times article from 2016 identified the man as Oregon-born Adam Sandler. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> no. No, not that Adam Sandler in parentheses. Oh, no. Adam Sandler. Oh. And he, like, changed his name to Adam Sandler. That's like not his, his last name is Sandler. His real first name is like David. Oh my God. And he changed his name to Adam so he could be Adam Sandler. No, he is deeply disturbed. Red flag numero uno. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, yeah, yeah. 101. Uh, Yeah. According to several media reports, he has faced criminal charges in other cities, including New York, mm-hmm. San Francisco, and Los Angeles for threats against tourists and other street performers and store owners. So he goes into businesses. His unsavory antics include anti-Semitic tirades caught on video, mm. threatening business owners and residents in multiple cities, and even finding himself in an extortion case involving the Girl Scouts. <laughs> Oh my God. So this is much like more an abs- It's a mad lib, you guys. I can't. I'm definitely doing this as a, as a drunk dive because there's so much to unpack. You're going to have him on as a guest? Absolutely yeah. not. I'm not Get giving him Adam a Sandler. Get me Adam Sandler. <laughs> no. Not that Adam they Sandler. They get us the real Adam Sandler and we're disappointed. Uh, <laughs> you're, you're not the one I wanted. Just they. Uh, For which he reportedly once worked for the Girl Scouts as a temporary employee on a short-term computer programming project. So he was like a a freelancer or whatever. In New York, where he frequented Central Park dressed as the Sesame Street character Elmo, the New York Times reported that Sandler was captured on video in 2012 shouting anti-Semitic and xenophobic remarks. Mm -hmm. Now, my encounter with cookie monster not elmo was in 2007 so what i really need to do is get like background check information on this person and figure out his whereabouts at that time i know that you're baiting me to do this for you i definitely am and (laughs) definitely am (laughs) i would i just have a lot on my plate right now but no i get it tempting Uh, maybe just give me (laughs) logins to what you're using for that or send me the links that you use to find that information and i will do it myself girl i will dive deep okay In San Francisco in 2014, Sandler was charged with being a public nuisance and threatening a business owner on Fisherman's Wharf who had put up a sign saying the costumed man was not a store employee. (laughs) Don't trust him. He doesn't even go here. (laughs) He pleaded guilty to being a public nuisance and was banned from several tourist locations in San Francisco, including Fisherman's Wharf, Union Square, and Embarcadero, for five years, according to the Los Angeles Times report, Lookout searched the beachfront area and Wharf Tuesday, looking behind businesses and on side streets adjacent to the boardwalk to ask Sandler about his appearance in town and the accusations against him. But he was nowhere to be found. He's disappeared. He fled the scene. He may have. So I'm going to be diving deep into Adam Sandler. There. I need to know if it was him. And stay tuned. And those are my headlines for this month. Wow. I, I'm telling you, doozies. That was, that was a roller coaster. Yeah. I bet that outfit reeks. Uh, yeah, I'm sure. It Did doesn't it? look good. My only concern with it not being the same guy is that there's more than one of those out the there. The image 
It's the, definitely not the same color costume. Right. Because the one mm-hmm. that you interacted with was like a deeper, darker blue. But, you know, sometimes you got to trade in or trade up or your first co- Cookie Monster costume gets damaged. Mm-hmm. Well, if he's wearing this day after day. Well, he's got like a red mouth in the other one. In the Yeah, I mean, one. but it's also different. that's from 2007. Maybe he upgraded or changed costumes. too. Right. Yeah. So I don't know. I've got a lot of work to do, you guys. I really have to go deep on this. I do remember that photo of you with Cookie Monster with you yep. making that orgasmic face was yep. your Facebook profile picture for yeah. a Yeah, because it's minute. an amazing picture. It's an incredible photo. I always photo. assumed this was someone that you knew. Nope. <laughs> nope. Yep. I kind sure of associated wasn't. it with Bloney. Yeah, no. Yeah, I Mm-mm. thought it was I thought it was your ex Bloney too. Nope. He would never be that fun. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> Bloney could never. Bloney. Anyway, uh, if you have some really weird shit to send me, go mm. ahead and head to our website. And on the contact us form, there's a funny headlines option and send it away. Mm. Nice. Well done. All right. Should we hear a little uh, word from our sponsors and then come back for some coven confessions? Let's do it. Costumes are us. I almost drank my candle. So, yes, I need a break. (laughs) (laughs) What's your love language? Is it physical touch? Sure is. Words of affirmation? Also that. I'll take it. (laughs) I'll take what I can get. (laughs) How about quality time together with your partner? Sometimes. (laughs) Depends on your mood. People get turned on in all sorts of ways, and Dipsy has invented a whole new love language with sexy stories for whatever mood you are in. Dipsy is an app full of hundreds of short, sexy audio stories designed by women for everyone. They bring scenarios to life with immersive soundscapes and realistic characters. You can discover stories about second chance romances, adventurous vacation flings. Love that. Hot and heavy hookups. Mm. There are stories with people with British accents. Oh. Uh, Dipsy is also radically inclusive. They have stories for straight and queer listeners and 56% of stories are voice acted by people of color. You've never heard celebrities like this before. You can listen to stories voiced by Sarunas J. Jackson, ER Fightmaster, and Luke Cook. I don't need to know their names, but they're talented. (laughs) They are definitely talented. And new content is released every week, so in between listening to your favorite stories again and again and again, you can always find something new to explore. They also have soothing sleep stories, wellness sessions, and sexy stories you can read for when you're like commuting and forgot your headphones. Need to be quiet. (laughs) (laughs) So let Dipsy be your go-to place to spice up your me time, explore your fantasies, relax and unwind, or maybe heat things up with a partner. All of the above, yes. And for listeners of this show, Dipsy is offering an extended 30-day free trial when you go to dipsystories.com slash gals. That's 30 days of full access <laughs> for free when you go to dipseastories.com slash G-A-L-S. One more time, that's dipseastories.com slash gals. And treat your love language. Treat it. Okay. It's time for some coven confessions. Oh, shit. And I have absolutely 
absolutely no idea what these are because I chose them months ago. Oh, okay. So here we go. Whatever this first one is, it's a shorty. I bet it's good. Okay. <laughs> mm-hmm. <clears throat> Quote, I've been a longtime listener and have the worst thing I've ever done. So I am someone who likes to be done up. I like my hair, nails. I almost said hairs. <laughs> I like, I my, like hairs, my hairs. Nail. <laughs> I Lashes. like rabbits, hairs, <laughs> snails, <laughs> etc. Done monthly. Well, part of that is my Brazilian. One day I was wearing a really nice ring my Nana gave me and wore it to the smoothing appointment. The tech told me to undress and spread my cheeks for the butthole part. Been there. And I did. And then she said, wow, that's a pretty ring. (gasps) And I thought she meant your butthole. butthole. (laughs) I immediately thought that too. (laughs) I Immediately. Well, that's a pretty ring. (laughs) So I said, thanks. (laughs) (laughs) The bleaching stung a little, but it wasn't. Too bad. No. No. No, you didn't. No. 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 Thanks. I bleached it myself. Then I realized she wasn't talking about my Charlie Brown. That's a pretty ring. She was talking about the cheap ass cute ring on my finger holding my cheeks apart. I was so embarrassed I didn't say anything after. Oh my (laughs) fucking God. I love it. That's a pretty ring. Why would you assume <laughs> they were talking about your asshole? Fucking Sometimes you just have those moments. That's a pretty <laughs> Thanks. The bleach stung a little. <laughs> I'm fucking crying. Holy shit. And they end with long story short, best wax of my life. <laughs> Honestly, in that situation, everything is happening so fast. (laughs) They just flip you over, tell you to spread your cheeks. It's a whirlwind. They're talking to you about like the latest celebrity gossip. You don't have time to respond. You're like puckering for pain. Yeah, you're bracing yourself. Fully focused on your asshole. I tried really hard not to fart. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. Can you imagine? I'm sure it's happened. Oh yeah. Oh, <laughs> my, my sister-in-law God. is uh, an esthetician. Uh-huh. She she waxes. She's an esthetician. <laughs> She's got some stories, y'all. I'm sure. Oh. Holy well, shit! Tell her this one; she'll get a kick out of it. I'm going oh to. God. I'm actually going <laughs> to copy and paste this in a text to her right now. <laughs> That's a pre- really pretty ring. <laughs> you, Lucy, I, Lucy, just highlighted the dog. <laughs> I am doing it right now. Oh my god! Okay, next one. Holy shit! <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, quote, I just got married last summer and have labeled myself as bi for years. Mm-hmm. Well, I have also learned that I am not what I labeled myself to be, but mm. am actually a tried and true lesbian. Congrats. Who is married to a man. Mm, that's a bummer. But congrats to figuring it out. 
I love my husband as a platonic best friend. Mm. A few months before we got engaged, I almost broke things off because I wanted to see women and found out his plans and didn't want to hurt him. COVID happened and then I saw uh, and I saw that as an opportunity to push it back and potentially call it off. Well, my parents had paid for the whole thing, so we ended up under their direction, Mm. getting married and just having us, our parents, and siblings there. It was socially distanced. Mm -hmm. I hate myself for not realizing until after I got married that I want to just be me. Mm. The longer quarantine has gone on, the more I've realized that this is just a case of compulsory compulsory heterosexuality. That's hard to say. And years and years of me repressing who I am. Mm-hmm. All thanks to growing up in the Bible Belt and having overly religious and Southern judgy family members. Yep. Now I am in a marriage that after not even a year, I have learned I don't want to be in because I'm not attracted to men. And I only make $12.5 an hour with thousands of dollars in debt. And I'm trying to get my master's. Oh, honey. Ugh. I was taught to never to be never be dependent on a man, and I wouldn't say I am. It's just that I can't afford to get myself to where I need to be and also don't want to hurt my best friend. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I would say this is one of the worst things I've ever done because I've put not just two people but two families in a position for heartbreak and unfairness. Mm. Thank you for reading, and love sent my way would be th- – typo they wrote appropriated but they meant appreciated (laughs) i will appropriate the love that you send me honestly okay so i have a distant family member who is no longer technically a family member they were a family member by marriage and their father was with their mom their whole life Mm -hmm. and after she died came out he came out and has lived his you know third chapter as himself and his family they they fucking get over it like yeah it sucks this you're in the worst part of it now but it sucks more to stay in a marriage that you don't want to be in and essentially lie to your partner and their entire family i feel like to avoid hurt feelings it'll just get harder it does it'll get harder to stay in and it'll get harder to leave if that makes sense people break up all the time for all kinds of reasons you didn't cheat Mm -hmm. you you had an awakening you didn't mean to be like you know untruthful or dishonest or whatever Mm -hmm. it's it just it sucks it's a shitty situation but i you know i think at the end of the day you're frankly doing him a favor by letting him go so that he can Move on and find somebody who does want to be with him because he deserves right. that too, just yeah. as much as you do. Right. And, you know, it's it's possible that you guys can maintain your best friend relationship. Like, Absolutely. It has happened before. It's even oh, possible yeah. that you could maybe maintain a kind of economic arrangement until you both can afford to live on your own, mm-hmm. you know, but the only way to know and to get to that point is to be honest. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's a rough one. Oh, rip it, that Band-Aid off, babe. Yeah. And we feel for you, though. We do feel for you. And we, like, I also know someone that has been in this position. And, yeah, it's, uh, you just got to be who you are because it's mm-hmm. going to come out eventually. So mm-hmm. you might as well come out now before it's, like, a lot of time has been wasted for both of you. And there's always more hurt if you wait and conceal for an extended period of time. 
Right. There always, always, always is. So just, I don't know, get your mind right, right. and be honest. And there's and someone out there okay. for everyone, including your current partner. So right. why why delay happiness for either one of you? Right. right. Don't deny either of you the opportunity to be in the relationship that you want to be in and thought you were in. Right. By keeping this to yourself. So mm-hmm. you're you're going to, it's okay, but you're doing the right thing by telling him and ending the marriage. And frankly, better to do it after one year of being together than like 10. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Get the fuck out now so that you can let him go and you can go off and live your life. Yeah, life yeah. is short. Don't waste time. And mm-hmm. shame, especially religious shame, is a very, very, very powerful thing. So mm-hmm. try not to get too buried in that nonsense. Try to yeah. seek out support for people from people who like have that same background as you. Mm-hmm. Like there are therapists who specialize in religious like, trauma, religious trauma, religious mm-hmm. yeah, family trauma. That could be a really good place to start. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Okay, you so got was, this, babe. That was a more serious one, but I just thought we should. Yeah, share that was it. a departure from the the nice ring. Yeah, I you know they're not always uh, coherent. They're not always shiny bleached assholes, Lucy. But also, my sister in law loved that story. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm sure she can relate. Yes. <laughs> okay, <sighs> this one. Also a bit of a departure from our use, but mm. I would say in between. In between. Mm. What is TLDR? Too long didn't read. Too long didn't read. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, Tell me you're not on Reddit without telling me you're not on Reddit. I know. I know. I <laughs> always forget that one. That's one of those acronyms that I always forget it. I also forgot not safe for work for like a really long time. That's but a now, bad one but now to that one's locked in. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Whenever I see TLDR, I think of Tilda Swinson. Oh. oh, I think of like a camera setting. Oh, yeah. SLR. Yeah. Okay. Y'all okay. are unhinged. Okay. <laughs> um, or long story short, and then I realize that none of those letters line up. I'm mm-hmm. like, it's mm-hmm. not, that's not right. Okay. <laughs> the worst thing I've ever done. Mm. Quote, fuck a Trump supporter. Ooh. I accidentally oh, like had verb? sex with a libertarian. It sucks. Ooh. Yeah, it sucks. Yuck. All right. Yeah. Picture it. Tinder dating 2018. I had been single for quite some time and I hadn't really found anyone I was interested in as more than a fleeting thing. Mm-hmm. I was talking to a few people, but as much of the online dating thing goes, not many were interested in actually meeting up. This one guy and I seemed to hit it off and I agreed to meet him for a drink after work. He worked in a hotel and I was Ubering that evening, so it was a late drink. Now, prior to meeting up, it was established that our political views were vastly different. And I hesitantly told him, well, let's have a beer and not discuss it. First mistake. Yeah. That one's on you, babe. Yep. You knew. (laughs) Yeah. I'm sorry, but don't. You can't fuck men who don't believe in human rights. You can't. Mm -hmm. Don't do it. Or women, frankly. Don't fuck anyone who doesn't believe in human rights. Mm Mm-hmm. I had chosen a bar where I knew most of the staff and our one drink turned into 4 a.m. shots with the bartender after the ugly lights came on. Mm. The ugly lights. (laughs) Oh, so true. Closing time. (laughs) I am well aware that I can't drive home. I can barely even order my Uber. Mm. He says, no, no, I live downtown. Just come and sleep it off. Okay, this Mm. is, this is, these are choices Mm -hmm. that have been made 
mm-hmm. adults made choices. Mm-hmm. Yep. Also sketchy of him to be like, just come back to my place when you're really incoherent. Mm-hmm. Silly me thinks that I'm going to his to actually sleep it off. Well, mm-hmm. we get to his place, which is a total sty. And this is coming from a scattered, scatterbrained Pisces with art supplies everywhere. Mm-hmm. And he obviously <laughs> has other ideas. The art supplies got me. Yeah. <laughs> I'm still trying to sleep, but he's so annoying that I finally just go for it. That is called coercion. Just use to silence him. Yep. Good God. That's called coercion. And if Ugh. you're in that position in the future, you don't have to say yes. Mm mm. Uh, I recall my thought process being something to the effect of, quote, well, if I just fuck him, he'll shut up and let me sleep. Oh. Romantic. It's mediocre at best, but when he asks me to get on top, I do. And then this motherfucker screams, now you're riding the Trump train. (gasps) Ew. Oh, my God. Ew. No. Oh, my God. Ew. No. Like, this is rape. This is insane, is what it is. Ugh. I genuinely think that this is on the spectrum of rape. Uh, I, I don't know. She sounds like she's consenting to me. She's but making her under, own decisions. Under not great circumstances. There's coercion, and then it's kind of like, like when you do something like that in order to upset the person that you're with. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. He's definitely an abusive piece of shit. To, to do me, that, knowing, and he knowingly is doing it. He knew like, that their yeah. politics weren't aligned. It's like akin to like removing the condom or mm-hmm. like you know going in the wrong hole. Like, yeah. oops! Like it's it's on the spectrum. I for think. sure. Yeah. All right. Back to this quote. Instant desert. As I disengage and dismount, roll over, and proceed to get some much needed sleep. He had the audacity to ask me if this was going to be a regular thing after uh, that. No, sir. No. I, of course, not being able to keep this horror to myself, shared the next day with maybe two people. So naturally, I'm still hearing about it, even from people I barely know. That's probably the worst of my online dating stories. Fortunately, mm. that life is behind me now. My dog picked out a f- pretty fantastic guy for me and yes i checked on his views on the current administration prior to fucking him i learned my lesson Whoa. <laughs> yeah i am very sorry that that happened to you and so i'm happy bad. that you're in a better place and f- don't don't fuck that guy yeah i wouldn't say that's necessarily the worst thing you've ever done maybe like the worst like flash judgment in the moment yeah maybe but like that that guy's a piece of shit mm-hmm. piece of shit mm-hmm. an obvious trump supporter he's a, he's a fucking predator he's mm-hmm. definitely a predator that's mm-hmm. so gross now you're riding the trump train mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and it's totally you could totally picture it it's like yep. if you'd called him out on yeah. it it's like what it was funny yeah, like, yo, it, I have a sense of humor bro. yeah like you got women you liked can't it take a moment a, ago yeah Still women flake. just can't take a grope anymore what's mm-hmm. wrong with women yeah <laughs> Ugh. So that one, honestly, I read that confession years ago Mm. when it was sent in, and it Mm. has haunted me ever (laughs) since. Oh, my God. And so I finally was like, (laughs) I have to just share. I have to just include it. I can't hold this myself anymore. Yuck. The burden was becoming too great for me alone (laughs) to bear. 
Okay. Well, thank, thank you for bringing us in. Yeah. You're welcome. Okay. Much appreciated. Next one. Okay. Mm-hmm. Quote, I'm just going to launch right into my confession. This happened in the summer of 2007. When I was same year that I was accosted by the cookie monster. There you go. <gasps> when I was 20 years old. What's up, 2005 high school graduates? Oh, my God. Is this me? <laughs> I was living with my aunt, uncle and four year old cousin that summer because I had an internship in the city they lived in. They very graciously let me live with them. And as the internship was unpaid, I'm glad they were so generous. I just just wanted to set the stage a little bit. Okay, so flash forward to the event in question. My oldest brother had just gotten married and everyone was at the reception. Being 20 and rarely having an opportunity to let loose because I lived with my aunt and uncle that summer, Mm. I was already tipsy when the reception started, obviously. At this point, you're just, that's just, that's to be expected. Mm. My other cousins and I decided to treat my four-year-old cousin, let's call him Flanny. Oh, God. (laughs) To lots and lots of slices of wedding cake. Ooh, yes. Get that boy on sugar. I mean, he probably had at least five or six huge pieces of cake. No. Like. (laughs) No. Like huge by adult standards. No. (laughs) We laughed and high-fived watching him devour all of the cake. Oh, no. One time Madeline OD'd on chocolate cake at Axel's in Chanhassen and puked it up everywhere. It was black. (laughs) That is foul. (laughs) At this point, I would be remiss to mention that his parents didn't have a ton of sugar in their house and all ate pretty well. He had some (laughs) ice cream every once in a while, but he wasn't the sugar addicted maniac that I was as a kid. No. He's also and now a- he has diabetes. <laughs> Look what you've done. <laughs> he got ketoacidosis. No! He is an only child and his parents are fairly overprotective. They had all the corners of furniture padded for safety and my cousin still had a baby monitor in his room. Our son is on drugs. Sugar drugs. <laughs> Sugar drugs. The white stuff. The white stuff. <laughs> Anyway, so we filled my tiny cousin up with a buttload of cake, probably <laughs> kept drinking and dancing, and then I spent the night at my parents' house. So she didn't it wasn't even fall. She wasn't even there to like deal <laughs> not, with not the, for the fallout. <laughs> yeah. For the literal fallout. No. Oh no. On Sunday afternoon, I received a phone call from my uncle. It seems that after they left the reception to drive over an hour back home, Flanny didn't feel so well. Oh, no. <laughs> they had an hour drive back home. No, you don't see. <laughs> he ended poor up Flanny. having explosive diarrhea <gasps> on the way home. This poor kid. Oh, the trauma. The only reason that this is funny is because the people who allowed it to happen were like young and stupid as well. Oh, like right. 20 is like, I'm sorry, 20, you're not an actual you're adult. You're still a baby. Yeah. yeah. You should not be allowed to vote. Mm-mm. He told his parents that his cousins all gave him tons of cake that night, and apparently I was the leader. Yes. <laughs> yes. You were, babe. Needless to say, my aunt and uncle were not happy with me. Well, fuck little baby Blanny for selling you out like that, Narc. you little turd. Yeah. <laughs> Loser. You can never hang out with the cool cousins ever again. No. <laughs> You're oh. out. 
I still had several weeks left of my internship and was still no. living with them. No! Oh, I forgot it was that aunt and uncle. <gasps> yeah. Oh, no. Being the true blue Minnesotans, being the true blue Minnesotans that we all are, not one word was uttered about the cake poop incident of August 2007. <laughs> it was an awkward few weeks while I finished out my internship, and we still have an awkward relationship to this day. Okay, let it go, guys. I am picturing that little boy that Alana babysat in Broad City. He's like, yes, queen. Yes, queen. Yes, queen. I love it. That is what a little boy in Matilda eating all the cake. Oh, yes. Oh, God. Mm hmm. Flanny mm-hmm. is doing it just fine. Yeah, Flanny's fucking fine. With his y'all. insulin. And is now oh. an 18 year old senior <laughs> and thriving. Yeah, everybody chill. He prefers to be called Flan now that he's older. Uh, mm. <laughs> Maybe all that mischief and cake did some good after all. He does his own thing and is more independent than I ever thought he'd be. Anyway. Yeah, see, you helped. Given his condition, you're saving money. Uh, anyway, that's the worst thing I could think of that I've ever done. And I do feel kind of bad about it. That's I'm adorable. Fine. I love it. For now, let him eat cake. <laughs> oh, <no>. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Okay, another one. Quote, before I was an enthusiastic heathen, I used to go to youth group at my church every week. <laughs> Same. God bless. One year we took a trip to Spirit Mountain in Duluth, Minnesota. Ever oh. heard of it? Sure Sure have. (laughs) With a big group of teenagers and a few adult chaperones. Not related to this story, but I was terrible at skiing, having never done it before. And after a few lousy rounds on the bunny hill, I decided to tackle the big run. Why? No. Don't do it. No, Gwyneth. Never do it. No, Gwyneth. Don't tackle anything. I'll lose a half day of skiing. I zigged. I didn't zag, and I went splat into the trees where the snow wasn't compacted and ended up buried under the powder, ski poles stuck in some low-hanging tree branch. Oh, that's, that's really terrifying. dangerous, yeah, yeah, you can suffocate with doing that. Mm-hmm. Yikes. After my successful day on the slopes, we <sighs> loaded into the bus and were assured we'd stop for food right away. I have the world's smallest bladder, you and me both. Mm. Loading the bus took longer than expected, and we were waiting on the bus, unable to leave for a very long time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> when we got to the restaurant, one of the adult chaperones took a very long time no. explaining the rules of how we should act. It's and capital V, capital L, capital T, very yeah. long time. Very long. <laughs> Cannot stress enough how That's long funny. it was. A fucking adult telling them how they should act in the restaurant and how long we would be there. Mm -hmm. God. Mm -hmm. I still had the world's smallest bladder, and as a definitely teenage person, I peed my pants. (gasps) Oh, Oh, that's so embarrassing, you poor thing. It wasn't the whole tank. The whole time. (laughs) But I had a lot of uncomfortable wetness going on. Yeah, it sounds like you're in your 30s. Welcome. Yeah, that happened. You got a little taste of your future. (laughs) You sneezed too hard. Probably once a day. (laughs) It's just an undie change. You got to keep a spare in your purse. Yeah. Or just like a thick panty liner or like a thin pad. Something. Mm -hmm. Something. My pants were fairly dry, but those pink cotton briefs had to go. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Bye bye. (laughs) 
these undies were not salvageable. I had left a bag on the bus and I hatched a plan. I removed <sighs> one of my legs from the underwear so that they were only around one leg. Then I left them around that leg in my pants. This is needlessly complicated. Yeah. Continue. <laughs> well, they didn't want to like hold them in their hands. You know, yeah, they had to it. like get from the bathroom to the bus. Sure. Without sure, sure, being sure. seen. Oh, I know. I can see where this is going. If they're only <laughs> around one leg, Something's what's stopping them? Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. Oh. Mm-hmm. Yep. That way they would be easy to take off, right? Sure. Oh, yeah. Very oh, yeah. easy to take mm-hmm. off. A little too Too easy. easy. Yeah, there it is. As I walked to the bus to hide them in my bag, they fell off my leg into the snow right in front of the bus. Oh, no. (laughs) These are bright pink panties in the snow right in front of the bus of teenagers. (laughs) Panties in the snow. The yellow all around it. (laughs) Yeah. It was dark, and there were people not too far behind me who certainly didn't see them fall, but might see me pick them up if I tried. Plus, what would I do? Carry them in my hands for anyone to see? Oh, no. So I left them there. Case closed, right? Yes. No. Wrong. Well, of course wrong. (laughs) The youth group leader was the last person to board the bus, and she found the underwear and Mm -hmm. picked them up. (laughs) Find a penny, pick it up. Find a panty, pick it up. Find a panty. (laughs) That's on her. (laughs) Yeah, it truly is. That friend at slash quote unquote. Youth group leader. Yeah, an oh, adult. Foul. They had been in the snow, so she didn't seem concerned with the fact that they were wet. Oh, She wow. held them up in front of the entire bus and said, whose panties are these? <laughs> no. Okay, psychopath. Who would fucking do that? Right? They could be anybody's. Literally, you're in a very. Yeah, they very... could be strangers. Yes. They could have like, been there for a month. Spirit Mountain is a very common place to go. That yeah. Those could be anyone's panties that you're just picking up off the ground. Also, if someone's freak. ditched their panties, they don't want There's them. There's a reason. They're not going to claim them. Yeah. I mean. Uh, she kept yelling out and asking, whose panties are these? Pink, Let it go. panties. I found them outside. Anybody? Nobody <laughs> lost their panties? <laughs> Bitch, shut up. <laughs> Bitch, I'm going to kill this bitch. I'm getting fucking pissed. (laughs) Literally. I am. (laughs) (laughs) To be clear, these were not cute. These were not what I would want people to imagine my underwear looked like. Nobody cares. Yeah. Honestly, who would admit to that, though? Why would someone pick up gross parking lot underwear? In hindsight, I should have just thrown them away in the garbage. I did not claim them and never told anyone. This is not on you. That's Your youth you. leader is a fucking pervert. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, bye bye, perv. Later. Psycho. Psycho. I am so disturbed. <laughs> okay. Two more shorties. Quote, I love the confessions segment and thought I'd send mine to you because it's a whole mess and a half. <laughs> I grew up extremely sheltered and then went to New Orleans for college. <laughs> mm-hmm. That sounds this is already saying. Yeah. <laughs> I, uh, I want your life. Like, that sounds great. Yeah. When I was working after, uh, one of my friend's cousins told me about a club where men pay you to dance with them. Oh, mm-hmm. my okay. God. Does this sound sketch? Yes, of course. You're being trafficked. Did it sound sketch to me? Nope. 
<laughs> because, because it was Ooh. framed as men paying women who know how to Latin dance in order uh-huh. to have a dance partner yeah. uh-huh. who knows what they're doing. Because uh-huh. men really care about that. They really do. That's the angle. I was all for it, especially after the women came back with hundreds of dollars at night. Oh, my God. When I got there, I found out there was a whole system. The <laughs> rates were $5 a dance, $10 to buy a lady a beer. And if they bought me a beer, I got a stamp on my card and earned $5 or so from the drink. Mm. This is very common in like Thailand and stuff. Mm. I didn't know what happened in New Orleans, but here we are. Well, America is a melting pot of scams. I was the youngest there by a mile, which was also not a red flag to me. Oh, my God. Mm. Poor naive child. Yeah. I made so much money. It was insane. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> I mean, yes, queen. Yes, you queen. Do, yes, queen. You do you. <laughs> I mean, you do fraud. <laughs> you do you, but like carry pepper spray. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Multiple times I had a man pay me $100 for exclusive 30 minutes or an hour <gasps> just to dance and talk. Just, yep. A girlfriend experience is what they call that. (laughs) (laughs) Now, eight years later, I realize this is basically just being an escort. (laughs) But but we never left with anyone or had any pressure to. No. One night, because they were slow rolling you into the life. Anyway. Which is fine as long as you know what's happening. Exactly. 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 One night, I had a really bad interaction with one of the men, and some of the older women took pity on me and told me what was really going on. Oh, oh no. my she, God. Honey, I don't know how to tell you this, but you're kind of a hooker. <laughs> yeah, <I know. laughs> she probably was like, why is he hitting on me? Why is... I, I don't get it. <laughs> he touched my leg. I'm uncomfortable. <laughs> oh. Poor baby. Apparently the club was a feeder for pimps to find women that they could drug manipulate so that they could work for them as a sex worker. It's just an all around bad place. Needless to say, I was out. I have never made so much money in a small amount of time, though. (laughs) Yeah, honey. (laughs) But I wasn't about to get drugged. Luckily, I have since learned more street smarts and probably won't be a dum-dum again. I hope you get a kick out of my obliviousness. We did. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and you're probably not alone. And also, no, you're definitely not alone. Yeah, There's a reason not. that shit works, right? Mm-hmm. And also, uh, there are a lot of pimps who will like pretend to be a boyfriend or whatever, and like seduce young women and girls. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. and then try to turn them out. I mean, that's a very classic. That's another yep. way that that or can women befriending women and being like their quote unquote best friend. I know how you can mm-hmm. make a lot of money. You just have to dance. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Yep. So you're not alone. I'm glad that you got out of there. I'm glad you made a little money doing it. Yeah, yep. and that you were never drugged. <laughs> I'm so glad you weren't chosen check, check, check. to be drugged. Yeah. So win, win, win. Jesus Christ. Win, win, win. Okay. (laughs) Oh, my God. This is why you can't have your kids be totally sheltered. Because at some point, they will end up in New Orleans. They will end up trafficked. (laughs) They will end up in New Orleans. (laughs) They will not be ready. Gonna end up in New Orleans. I love New Orleans. Okay, last one. 
Oh my god. Uh, <laughs> I married my high school sweetheart. No, oh please, he cheated okay. on me and I divorced Boo. his ass. He oh god. <laughs> oh. oh god. <laughs> Oh, God. <laughs> we were together from ages 15 to 20, so all of high school and a little after. We obviously lived with our parents, so our young, horny selves had to get creative when we were in the mood, oh, which was always. We never really had sex because we were too afraid to get pregnant, but lots of creative blowjob stories. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And this one takes the cake. We were hanging out one day when we were 16 years old. Back in the day, I did not swallow. And I didn't (laughs) care. It's an interesting trajectory. Um, (laughs) Usually the vector is the other direction. It was 2008. I did not swallow. Yeah, but you swallow (laughs) early on. It was not. When you're actually trying to impress someone. Right. I didn't care where he came as long as it wasn't in or around my face. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) LOL, come on your shirt for all I care. My makeup is too nice to mess up. Come in your belly button like a gentleman. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Okay, so we were parked at this like park and ride thing in our hometown where you Mm -hmm. park your vehicle and carpool with other people. Mm -hmm. Or get on a bus or whatever. Well, we were parked there one day around sunset, so it was dark and all the other vehicles were vacant, so we weren't afraid of getting caught. Absolutely. So I gave him a blowjob and the big finish was approaching, but he forgot to tell me in time. Mm. So I lifted my head and he came in my fucking eye. (laughs) No! Ow! Ow! Yeah. Yeah. Oh, no. no. It no. hurt so bad, and we were freaking out. Like, what? what's going to happen? Is is my eye going to get pregnant? Oh, my God. No, but you no, might get I, a rash. That was ad-libbed. But you give, a ba- you give birth to a baby eye. Oh, my God. <laughs> That's how all organ trafficking happens. Yeah. Okay. I wish it was that easy. I'd make so much money. That's actually how babies are made. You have to ejaculate on every single muscle and organ. There you go. I got a lady who needs someone to ejaculate on her toe. Uh, (laughs) Oh, no. Nope. All right. Okay. Back to this quote. Quote, will I get an infection or something in my eye? We were 16 and stupid, so we did the most reasonable thing. We went Mm -hmm. directly to the ER. (laughs) Before there's any problem. Okay. (laughs) We're just going (laughs) to cut this off at the pass. Oh my god! <laughs> Holy this is shit. escalating. <laughs> this is so, so weird. far beyond where it needs to go. You people I are said so something weird. stupid about thinking I had pink eye, and that's why we were there. They did tests, and they all came back negative. And then this doctor was stumped on how to help me. <laughs> no, <laughs> it became like a medical anomaly. We're gonna have to take it out. Yeah, oh, <laughs> patient is my. presenting with pain and da, 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 <laughs> but no presenting. visible signs of infection. I fucking we're sending her to Mayo. No. No. I'm no. I'm escalating this. I'm flagging this up to the no. head of the department. Get the chopper. Ah, I don't. She's got to get to Rochester. July weekend. She's got to get to Rochester. <laughs> oh my god! This doctor told me then to go to Safeway and buy some Visine. Um, (laughs) but come back yeah but didn't someone like recently die because of like fucked up eye drops yes 
Yeah. It was not Visine no. brand, but there was some other like off-brand eye drops. It and had they the had flesh-eating thing in it. The, mm-hmm. the, the bacteria that's been killing people. Mm-hmm. Multiple people died and multiple people went permanently blind. They, had, yeah. they lost their eyes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's bad. Anyway, can you imagine you're trying to flush out the cum in your eye and then you get murdered by your eye drops? Can you imagine? You're just trying to flush the the wad out of your eyeball. Oh, oh, God. (laughs) The wad. (laughs) Needless to say, it did not get worse, but I had to go home and embarrassingly tell my mother why I was home so late. This was not our... I would have been like, I, you know... Why? Something flew Uh, in my eye. Also, one could argue it did get worse. You got divorced. (laughs) True. This is where it started. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I would not have told my mom the real reason no, I was at that ER. Absolutely not. I'd be like, oh my God, a bird shit in my eye. And it was so <laughs> oh crazy. Oh my God. Yeah. And then, yeah, it would have been an elaborate story, but not involving. It would have semen. been a whole thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm damn embarrassed I wasted those medical resources even to this day. Sincerely, smartest 2000s teen around. <laughs> Most smartest. <laughs> All right. Most smartest. I could, I could see Blortney doing this. <laughs> <laughs> no. Yeah. Couldn't you? No. Did you or did you not ever live in Oregon? Be She was the queen of fooling around in backs of cars. Yeah. Incredible. And she's got long limbs. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Stuff's bound to get caught up. She's like a sweet little baby giraffe. Yeah, she is. <laughs> and she's the most likely to overreact and go to the ER. It's uh-huh. true. Yeah. Thank so God no, she doesn't this, listen. This definitely has Blortney vibes. It's got Blortney written all over it. Yeah, Blortney all over it. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, those are the confessions this month. Wow. Jesus. Mm-hmm. Nice Unreal. Work. I'm. Nice. I will never recover from Pretty Ring. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> Such a pretty ring. The bleach stung, but it was worth it. It was worth so it. So gorgeous. Just so I could get compliments on it. I get yep. compliments on it all the time. <laughs> yeah. They're like my Rothies. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Can't leave the house without someone noticing my beautiful butthole. Ring. <laughs> I cannot imagine caring. And I mean, it's fine if people want to do it, but I cannot imagine caring what my butthole looked like. No. 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 I've never even Can't. seen my own butthole. No. Cannot. It's hard to hard I wouldn't even know where to hold the mirror. Nope. It's not too even far a little back. bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's deep. You'd need like mm-hmm. two mirrors. Uh, yeah. <laughs> the <Okay>. whole system. <laughs> anyway, should we hear a word? <laughs> Get me to a fun house. <laughs> I'm thinking of like that scene in <laughs> I was just gonna make that joke. I'm thinking of that scene in The Mummy where they're like down in the tomb and then they activate all the mirrors to like reflect totally. the sun from the ceiling. Your so butthole would just be everywhere you look. So they can illuminate. <laughs> oh, God. Just Absolutely. one light shines straight I, into your butthole. I fucking love it. Oh, anyway, my God. Okay. Let's, sounds good. Let's hear another quick word from our sponsors. <laughs> so as you... No, if you listen to the show, uh, Zach's grandmother, my grandmother-in-law, <laughs> is the most precious human being on the planet. And I'm in a dark, dark place. <laughs> I'm completely obsessed with her. <laughs> and uh, we don't get to see her as often as we'd like because she lives in a different state. And so one of the best gifts that 
I've ever given her has been a skylight frame. She says that it brings her joy on a daily basis. We send photos to it and they just like cycle through. We send photos of her great granddaughter, Oh my Sonia. God. And she just, she loves it. And I love that I was able to give her a gift that she can actually use. Oh, it's, I love skylight. Like this is the coolest invention. The Skylight Digital Photo Frame is so amazing. It is sweet. It's so meaningful. It's a great gift that will give you a new way to stay in touch with those you love. It's also so easy to use. Even if you're not tech savvy, there's no app or subscription required to send photos anytime from anywhere. My mother-in-law has this frame. She is obsessed with photos of her grandkids. Mm -hmm. There's just like... I don't even know how many. They just cycle through. She has it proudly on her mantle. It's incredible. I also have the skylight frame, and so does Amanda and Kenyon. And we we send each other picture, like embarrassing photos. And they just show up at that person's house. Like, what the heck is this photo from 2016? It sets up effortlessly in under a minute. And like I said, even the least tech savvy can use it. It is scary easy. It's really cool. It looks like a real photo frame that adds a beautiful touch to your home. And Skylight Frame has a gorgeous 10-inch or 15-inch touch screen. So you can swipe through the photos with your finger and even tap the heart button and it will send, it'll let the sender know that you love the photo. You can like you just favorite it. It's great, yeah. Grandma Lynn doesn't have a smartphone, but she can use a skylight frame like a pro. Yeah, it holds thousands of photos that continuously rotate through and bring daily joy. Honestly, this is an amazing gift. And skylight frames offer a 100% satisfaction guarantee. So if you don't love your skylight, they will offer you a full refund, but you're going to love it. You'll love it. And you can preload it with your favorite photos for a special Mother's Day gift. Surprise the moms in your life with photos they didn't even know that you had. So now, as a special Mother's Day offer, get 10% off up to $30 off your frame when you go to Skylight frame.com slash wine w-i-n-e that's right to get 10% off up to $30 off your purchase of a skylight frame just go to skylightframe.com slash wine that's s-k-y-l-i-g-h-t f-r-a-m-e dot com slash wine and treat the moms in your life treat them all Okay, time for Corner Corner. Ah. Oh, God. Great. Can't wait. Um, How many tubes? Yeah. <laughs> Will I have to endure this time? Nah, I don't think there are any tubes. Nothing is as... I think it'll be a while before I find anything that gruesome again. <laughs> I believe in you. Yeah. Oh, I, I love a challenge. Okay. I definitely do have a theme for us this month. And here is my first story. The headline reads... Woman finds husband's body while getting Christmas decorations from a closet eight months after he went missing. I think yes. I sent this to you. Mm-hmm. A lot mm-hmm. of people did. It's a good one. Mm-hmm. An Illinois man reported missing last April was found dead eight months later in a hideaway closet in his home. Oh, my God. Crushed by decor. My life future. No. Right. No. Uh, the coroner's office confirmed that Richard Mage, age 53, had died by suicide. Oh, no. So it's reported <gasps> that he disappeared on April 27th of 2022 after calling his wife, Jennifer Mage, to tell her that he was leaving work early. 
but Jennifer couldn't find or contact him after she returned to their house where his car was parked outside. During an an initial search of the home, police were unable to locate the missing man. Later, a second search was conducted at the home after Jennifer complained of a smell. As Jennifer prepared for the holidays on December 11th, this past December 11th, she went to look for Christmas decorations in a storage area behind a clothes cupboard under a staircase in the home. So it's like one of those... Totally. Crawl space. Space behind a space. Yep. Mm -hmm. That is where she found her husband's body eight months after he was last seen. I don't don't understand his decision to... Do it there. Yeah. And hide. I don't either. Yeah. And apparently we will never know. Yeah. You never know what's going, you know. I mean, I understand, like, the idea to be in, like, a small space i guess or maybe even being concerned about who finds your wife finding you and seeing that but if you're in the home i feel like actually it's not clear how he died either Mm. so i don't i his manner of death could possibly have something to do with a small space like if it was like he intentionally carbon monoxided himself or something like that oh wow okay So she said, I decided to put the Christmas tree up and I was looking for a tote of Christmas ornaments and that's where I discovered him. What a fucking emotional... (sighs) Uh, Yeah. No evidence of foul play. Oh. Okay, so it, it, it gets a little weirder. The county's chief deputy coroner said that the police noticed a, quote, sewer-like smell inside the residence, which they described as a, quote, hoarder home. So there's probably a lot of psychological uh, complicated issues with the with the, this family. Mm-hmm. Got it. Mm-hmm. Okay. This okay. That's making a little more sense yes. now. Okay. Yep. So the body was in a mummified state, which explains why it might not have had a very strong odor and why it took so long to find it. Yeah, because there's so it was packed into so much stuff. Uh huh. And why they Oof. didn't take the smell seriously. Because it's a hoarder house. Right. Yep. So Jennifer. I found a cat skeleton. Jennifer said she understands why police missed Richard's body telling the the outlet that this article is from that they wouldn't have known about the hidden closet. The police wouldn't have known about the closet behind the closet and also that the smell was not overpowering. Mm -hmm. Jennifer, her neighbors and even cops reported a foul odor coming from the home for months, but they all believed it was sewage. So she called a plumber. Mm. Who like came in and replaced the cap on one of the sewer pipes in the basement. And then she's like, oh, well, then the smell kind of went away after that. So sure. we assumed it was sewer gas. Oh, shit. <gasps> but it was not. Oh, oh my God. This, this is, is so fucking sad. I know. Yeah. Corner Corner is the place where you <laughs> see a striking headline and you think, oh, my God, what a crazy story. This These words sound like a mashup in the headline. I should send it to Amanda. And then you read it uh-huh. and you think, You're like, oh, real sad. Whoa, this, this is, is really sad. I should send this to Lucy. And then we all suffer together. <laughs> yep. So his body had advanced beyond decomposition and was, like I said, in a mummified state. A body reaches the mummification phase when the fluids are dried up or removed for, from the skin, as we know. It's a mummification. Mm-hmm. It's not hard to understand. So anyway, rest in peace, oh. Richard Mage. 
Also, I thought this was kind of weird. I'm just going to throw this out there. I read his obituary. Mm-hmm. And it says that, so he actually passed away last April. It mm-hmm. says in his obit that he passed away in January of 2023. Mm-hmm. Like when they found him. Or not even, like when his funeral was. I mean, maybe they just weren't sure at that yeah, time. when he was declared dead, maybe. Yeah, so they just went with when they found him. Yeah, they can't say. F- I mean, they can't say for certain when he died. They can say when he went missing and when he was found. And now he's mummified, right. so it'd probably be pretty hard to yeah. perfectly pinpoint when. I also feel like maybe they just didn't want to explain anything. Super fair. Like right. let them have that. Yeah, right. there's so little else that. They have in this situation. Just interesting. Can you imagine just going in to find this? This article reminded me of that movie. I cannot remember what it's called. I'm pretty sure Kevin Costner was in it. This is the second time Kevin Costner has come up. The Bodyguard. No, it's oh it's about this and the woman. First time was Kevin Klein, but it's fine. Yeah, <laughs> the guys must remember. Kevin Costner <laughs> has not come up today, but okay. Whatever, Kevin '90s, whatever. Mm-hmm. It's some movie where this woman is like. Her husband had left her and she has like some kids and she's really bitter. And then Kevin Costner moves in as her 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 neighbor. And it like comes out that her husband like several years ago just like walked out after a big fight and like never came back. So she was really, really bitter. And then I'm just going to say it at the end of the movie, they find his body like in a ravine in the backyard. Turns out he had gone for a walk and he fell and he died. And all of her bitterness was completely uh, unwarranted. unwarranted she just in didn't reality. know that he had died and not left her yeah. yeah horrible it's a great movie but anyway oh that's how God. it ends that <laughs> fucking awful <laughs> jesus christ kevin okay. klein makes interesting choices is it klein or costner i, I don't fucking oh it was God. a joke oh <laughs> it's one of them i can't i can't next <laughs> okay here is another one that i it's another it's another found body situation great so this is about a man named Mike Carroll. He was 81 years old. He was a prankster. He could be stubborn at times, but he always made his granddaughter's visits very lively. He also mm. always kept a jar of maraschino cherries in the fridge just for her. Cute. Cute. Also thought you were going to say mayonnaise. Ugh. Ugh. <laughs> really yeah. thought that's where that was going. Dip the cherries in the mayo. Oh. Okay, so... <laughs> Visits to grandpa's house meant that Carol's granddaughter. Oh, God, how is this? This is kind of confusing. Basically, Mike Carol's daughter and Mm -hmm. his son-in-law lived on the second floor of his home with their children. So he lived downstairs. His daughter and her family lived upstairs. Multi-generational household. Mm -hmm. He loved to see it. Mike Carol's wife had passed away long before. In the 1990s. Carol's daughter, whose last name is Ritter, the Ritters moved in and they never left. Despite Mike Carroll's death in 2016, he also didn't leave the house until <gasps> Kirk Ritter, so that's the daughter's husband, sure, called the police on October 23rd, 2022. This entire time between 2016 and 2022, Carol's extended family thought that he was still alive. That's oh, a wow. lot of time. Yeah, it's that's almost a decade. Six, uh, it's six years. So, 20, oh yeah, I guess yeah. Why did they think he was still alive? I'm about to tell you. Oh no, auto pay. 
Oh, God. The man's death had never been reported, his body being secretly kept inside the home where his grandchildren once played. This article Uh, is kind of dramatic. Yeah. Now that the Social Security Administration has opened a criminal investigation into the matter, Mike Carroll's granddaughter wants justice for her grandfather. Quote, I was going to say, because being kept... Sounds like it's intentional that he was hidden there. Yeah, it was intentional. Mm Ah, okay. Quote: Mm -hmm. You wouldn't expect your own family to do that. (gasps) So the spokes a spokesman for the police department said in a statement that the officers arrived at the home on West 99th Terrace that October morning in response to a call about a man found dead in the home. Mm -hmm. The case was investigated as a suspicious death. The county medical examiner later determined the man had died in 2016 from natural causes. Mm -hmm. He added in his statement that the closest charges applicable for keeping a body in the home would be misdemeanor desecration charges per a city code, which Mm -hmm. also, quote, might not be fitting in this case. But then if if they are keeping the body there, yeah, to like Kenyon said, cash the checks, maybe there are different charges that could Mm -hmm. come. That is being investigated as we speak. Okay. But for now, just having a dead body in a home. Just hanging out is, with a dead body. Is not illegal in the state of Kansas. Huh, maybe I got to move to Kansas. Maybe. Also, they maybe. weren't living in, I mean, they. I know it was like, is it one home or is it like a separate apartment Sounds on a different like it's floor? Kind of like a it's one duplex or a mother-in-law's it's one home. There's a photo on the drive. Okay. It, it looks like just a regular two-story home. Okay. okay, so maybe they built like a mother-in-law's quarters or something. Uh, maybe just an area for them to sleep, basically. Yeah, I'm sure there like was finishing some, the basement. I'm sure there was some kind of like privacy situation, but mm-hmm. wow, so there's no reason for them to have not have noticed a dead body, let alone your father's dead body. Yeah, they knew. For is what we're saying that yeah. is a creepy yeah. house. Mm-hmm. Okay, so <laughs> this is so fucked up. Okay. Carol's granddaughter said the family finally found out he had died after Kirk Ritter, the son-in-law, called the cops in February. She said that Ritter told them that he knew that Mike Carroll had died in 2016, but Mm. never mentioned how long the body had been in the home. No. So he said, quote, he's buried with grandma. (gasps) So was he, did he believe that? Unclear of what the... What the son-in-law believed. It sounds like he's being intentionally cryptic. It sounds like he's protecting his wife. Yeah. Mm, Okay, that's true. So during this call to the rest of the family, he also allegedly said that Lynn Ritter, who is his wife, the daughter, had had a heart attack. Mm. So Lynn went to the hospital. And as soon as she went to the hospital, her husband called the police to report the body. So as soon as she was out of the house, he he took his chance to call. Yep. That's weird. This is weird. Yeah. Yeah. Like if you're trying that, this doesn't add up. He's trying to protect his wife, but but he feels like he reports it and waits for her to leave the house. It's almost like he was bullied by her into not saying anything. So you keep like cashing these checks. Probably. He like can't live with it anymore. And he waits for her to leave. And then that's his opportunity. Absolutely. Oh, so a police. Oh, my God. A police report confirms that my marriage is going to be so boring. (laughs) You hope (laughs) just take out a a couple hits. I seriously, Uh, I will never get this. That's what everyone thinks when they first get married. I mean, God willing. A police report 
confirms that Mike Carroll's son-in-law, this Ritter guy, was the one who reported his death. Quote, I think Kirk got tired of it and took advantage of the fact that she was finally mm-hmm. not in the house. Was there she like agoraphobic and like never left the house? I mean, I think it was like she left the house for a significant amount of time to give right. like cops enough time to come and investigate. Mm-hmm. Right. He mm-hmm. wouldn't have to like explain it to her in three hours. Right. Yeah. Right. So Carol. He had to wait until she's not coming home right in the middle of his fucking mm-hmm. confession. Mm-hmm. So Mike Carroll's niece speculated that perhaps Kirk Ritter feared the worst about his wife. Quote, it's mm-hmm. bizarre. I have a lot of questions. Oh, so maybe he thought that she, she killed, killed her grandpa. Is that it? Her, her father. Or her dad. Or yeah. Okay, her dad. Maybe. Maybe, yeah. (gasps) Oh, she's so scary. Yeah, so another family member says, quote, I guess the coroner said natural causes, but, you know, how do you disprove neglect? Oh, Mm. maybe she... Oh, this is terrible. Oh, this is really fucking sad. According to Carol's granddaughter, a detective also told her officers walked into a home with a hoarder-like conditions, another hoarder situation that, quote, stunk. And found her grandfather's body in his bedroom. Honestly, this is the way to get away with it. This is so cool. Order conditions. And then not reporting it for a long time. That's the ticket mm-hmm. right there. Authorities Weird determined similarities that- here. Mm-hmm. I think this part is so cool. Authorities determined the man died in July 2016 because that is when his pacemaker stopped working. Amazing! <gasps> they could, oh my did, God. They could see the exact date and time where his heart no. stopped. <gasps> no way. They could They could f- determine that by removing the device and like investigating yes. the device. Yeah. Apparently there's some kind wow. of timer situation on there. Not like a timer, <gasps> but you know what I mean. If there's a timer on your pacemaker, like a log, probably like <laughs> yeah. an activity log that must be a Fitbit, you know, that data must be stored somewhere. It must wow. Be. I mean, it's got to be. <gasps> wow. That's oh, I fucking have amazing. I mean, I knew that that's like we've talked about that as like a, you know, hypothetical before, but not actually an actual case of it. Yeah. yeah, that's amazing. Most shocking was when the detective said that Lynn Ritter, who is the daughter, had been babysitting her grandchild in the house after his death. No. Oh, so her husband's death. No, her dad's death. Lynn- right, but She's- Lynn, is the is Lynn the grandma? Oh, no. No, the grandma's dead. Lynn is okay, the one okay, married okay. to Kirk who Got reported it. it. Yeah, the daughter. Yeah, Lynn is the one who might be a murderer. Got and it. it sounds like or they have a, a lot fraud. of heart problems in this family. Uh-huh. Yeah, at and least a fraud person, an eager fraud committer. Oof. When Carol, Oof. when Mike Carroll's family asked to talk to him, to Mike Carroll, in the years after his death, before they fucking knew he was dead, mm-hmm. they said they received a plethora of excuses. Sometimes he was eating. Other times he mm. was sleeping. My my camera doesn't work. I can't FaceTime with you. Yep. I don't have an Uber phone. I don't have an Uber phone. So one of the nieces again said, quote, we were denied contact with him and now we know why. Catfish, Jesus! I can see that working for a month. Yeah, but six years. But I feel like the more boomery you are, the more it, the easier it is to pull the wool over your eyes about something like that. Mm-hmm. Six years. You know, if you're years, not, uh, yeah, yeah, six years is a long. He's time. busy eating. Oh, you just Every missed time. him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was 81 when he died, so he's still he's kind of up there, you know. Kind of, but not. 
So the last part, it's unclear what Lynn and Kirk Ritter's occupations were at the time of Carol's passing, but his granddaughter remembers her aunt having odd jobs growing up. She believes the choice to keep him there was financially motivated. So they don't come out and say that it was for Social Security checks. Social. Mm -hmm. Social. Social. Social Security. But Mm -hmm. that's what they're getting at. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So stay tuned. There there will be developments in that. Wow. Here's something a little bit lighter. Thank God. (laughs) This was sent in by multiple people. Mm -hmm. This still has to do with a death, but it's like better. (laughs) Okay. When Sandy Wood was diagnosed with tongue cancer. Oh, I should say this was sent in by many people. Many people, including Caitlin F. Way to start. When Sandy Wood was diagnosed with tongue Tongue cancer. Tongue cancer. Tongue cancer in February. That's also the second time that a dental oncology has come up today. I know. (laughs) Not for any reason. I was just trying to find a general dentist and I kept getting put in touch with like specialists. Yeah. (laughs) I'm fine. Forensic. As far as I know. I don't know. I haven't been to the dentist, but I think I'm fine. (laughs) Oh my God. Probably fine. No reasons to suspect. Knock on wood. Fucking Evelyn. Although you can't talk on the phone right now. You're eating or sleeping. Right, mm-hmm. right, right. For six years. Yep. Which I would believe that from Kenyon, The entire honestly. length of this podcast, <laughs> they weren't able to get in touch with Grandpa. This, yeah. <laughs> oh, that, my God. Mm-hmm. That is kind of wild. Now, when you put it that way, mm-hmm. now it feels sketchy. Yikes. I, it feels like he's avoiding us. <laughs> I'm trying to think the last time I spoke with my grandma. It wasn't that long ago. Okay. No. Uh, okay, Sandy diagnosed with tongue tongue cancer in February that soon became terminal. Skim, skim, skim. She made a plan. Her funeral wouldn't be a dreary, somber occasion because that was mm-hmm. not how Sandy lived. Love it. Her close friend Samantha Ryle says she wasn't a boring person. She wasn't traditional either. She wanted her funeral to reflect her. Sandy Wood, age 65, wanted her coffin brought in late because she never arrived to things on time. <laughs> <laughs> She, envis- love her. she envisioned it colored purple and decorated with letters that read, going out in style. Oh. She asked that the funeral celebrant swear as much as possible. Okay, love this. And she wanted a troupe of dancers to crash her funeral unannounced like a flash mob and perform a routine to Another One Bites the Dust. Oh. Not gonna lie, don't love a flash mob, but I do love the sentiment behind this. If this is so fucking flash mob. funny. I think I would, this I'd is, appreciate this it. This is really fucking funny. So that is exactly what happened on November 4th at a crematorium in Bristol, England, when Riles and a group of Woods' friends managed to arrange a unique send-off that fulfilled her wildest requests. Midway through the service, there is a video of this online. It's so fucking funny. (laughs) Midway through the service, Queen's famous bass line suddenly blared through the hall. (laughs) 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 And several dancers stood up from the audience, shrugged off their jackets, and launched into a three-minute routine. That's that's so long. I know. That is so long. And, okay. Oh, no. You know how, like, Why did they have the time to practice? You know how, oh like, oh, we get to all of that. You know, <laughs> you know how, like, when dancers practice, it's not like a hard, it's not like a full out. It's like they're giving, like, 70%. It's just yeah. the yeah. moves. 
Right. Yeah. It's cut. It kind of looks like that because you can tell that the dancers are really unsure of how enthusiastic <laughs> are we they should be. Supposed to be doing this. <laughs> they're like smiling. Kind, they're like kind of somber about it. <laughs> it's really funny. These poor dancers. <laughs> Can you imagine being hired for a gig? Well, we're going to no, get to they, this. Yo, no, we're going to no get to an interview. <laughs> so the best friend, Riles, said it was everything her friend would have wanted. Quote, she wanted us to remember her for the outrageous person she was. Riles, wow. who met Wood on a pub darts team, called her the life of the party. She recalled her friend dressing in bright colors and telling animated stories from years spent working as a barmaid in pubs across Bristol. Like, this bitch was fun. Barmaid? Okay. Barmaid. Barwench. In England. England. Barmaid. She's a bartender. Wood loved shoes and insisted her horse-drawn hearse and coffin be decorated with a collection of stilettos, wedges, and studded boots. Oh, (laughs) I have some studded boots. They're really cute. (laughs) She was just a massive character. The dance mob that upstaged her funeral almost didn't happen. Finding a dance team to take on Woods' dying request proved difficult, according to the best friend. She was turned down by 10 groups... (gasps) <gasps> some of whom called it's a paying gig some Just of whom get called the it. proposal disrespectful support the arts support the arts women in STEM but no they, were, they <laughs> called it disrespectful so in desperation I would do a live show at a funeral if we were paid fuck yeah <laughs> absolutely <laughs> open casket only <laughs> <laughs> I want I want the deceased on stage with us the whole time. Oh my god. The yeah. whole time. The background. The de- yep. It has to be at the deceased's request. request. It has oh, to be we like could do a they... coffin cam. Yeah. But I don't want just coffin a relative. Cam. Like if I don't coffin want another cam. Evelyn situation. I need oh, the no. deceased. Yeah, I don't want to get haunted. Right. No, for sure. For sure. For sure. But coffin cam is now one of my buckets. Coffin correspondent. <laughs> We're gonna cut to Blortney, our coffin correspondent. She would never. <laughs> she would not. <laughs> she would not be okay with that. Okay. In desperation, the best friend posted a request on Facebook, and when cabaret dancer Claire Phipps saw the post, she couldn't Ooh. believe her luck. <laughs> Lucy quote, as a dancer. I know. Quote: All summer, I'd been chatting to people about really wanting to do a funeral. She told me. Oh, no. All summer, I haven't shut up about this. But everyone looked at me like I was mad, like that was never going to happen. The fuck it won't. She, Phipps, she manifested it. She did. She did. Phipps, who runs a Bristol dance troupe called the Flaming Feathers, said <laughs> no, no. she was excited to take on the challenge. After receiving Woods' song request, the group, which typically performs at cabarets and festivals, choreographed a routine and rehearsed for several weeks. No. Then they snuck into Woods' funeral ahead of the crowd to snag the right seats. Stop. It was nerfed out. Quote, yeah, because it has to be a surprise. Oh, my God. It was nerve-wracking because we didn't know how it would be taken. Yeah! By the end of the song, to Phipps' relief, people were clapping and laughing. (laughs) (laughs) Woods died of tongue cancer in September, seven months after her February diagnosis. She'd already been struggling with hepatitis C after being treated decades ago with uh, 
with contaminated blood by Britain's National Health Service, part of a oh. national scandal that prompted a public inquiry in 2019. Oh my God, that sucks. So she got wrapped up in this like horrible snafu yep. and it ended up but contributing to her death, yep. probably. Shit. Woods' battle with cancer was painful, but her sense of humor kept her going. Quote, Aww. she was dying, and she would say that medicine is laughter. Aww. It was also medicine for those closest to Wood. Mark Wood, this is so sweet. Mark Wood, Sandy's husband, didn't know about her outlandish plans either. Oh, no! Oh my it, was God. Ju- it was entirely put on by her best friends at her request. Yes! We will do that to each of our... Absolutely, we will. At the funeral, he at the funeral (laughs) he was consumed by grief and couldn't focus. Then the music started playing. Sandy's (gasps) music. Quote: I said, "Yep, that's my Sandy." There was a big smile on my face because that was her. She didn't want me to know that because she wanted to surprise me. And boy, didn't she do it! If she's up there looking down, she'd be smiling. Oh, my God. Sandy asks that her loved ones end the funeral by exiting in a conga line, which everyone happily obliged. No. Wow. That's amazing. Your mother would do that, you see. Uh, Yeah. After the excitement, she had one final wish, one final wish that her funeral would make headlines around the world. Quote, look at where you are now. The last wish we couldn't actually achieve has already happened. Ryle said it's incredible. Oh. Can we make a list of ideas for... Yes. Put it on the drive. Yeah. Yes. Our yep. funerals. Hours yep. and like, like, like run the conga line idea past your mom. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. And I that want some of her ashes for my bar. Oh, of course. I feel like my mom would think it was funny if we handed out like fake piercings, like facial <laughs> piercings. What? Yeah. Glass eyes. She always eyes. thinks that fake body mod stuff is really funny right she's so odd tattoos oh we should have like like fake tattoos or like like a toe tag totally a glass eye she would like a casket cam yeah casket cam Mm -hmm. run it past her i'm going to all right all right last but not least we got the obituary area and this was sent in by melissa s and also my mother she cut it out for me i was like i've already (laughs) read it school snail mail okay you have to look at the drive because the photo that accompanies this obit is a mugshot (laughs) okay Mm. (laughs) quite the hairstyle yeah Many lost a dear friend with the with the death of John Fred Case, age seventy seven, from Minneapolis, who passed away on March seventeenth, twenty twenty three. Fred's eventful wow. life, in many ways, typified the wild child of the sixties and seventies. Born in nineteen forty five, he grew up in Moundsview, Minnesota. Oh yeah, with a history of juvenile delinquency worthy of a B movie script. Young Fred's <laughs> brushes with the law were frequent. Drafted into the army in 1965, his rebelliousness led to an early discharge. <laughs> oh, no. Fred's Kerouacian wanderlust led him to a stint painting water towers across the Midwest. Wow. Amazing. Reestablishing his roots at the epicenter of Minneapolis's 60s counterculture, the hippie-dense West Bank neighborhood, he was the occupant-slash-curator of the legendary Sign House... Mm. Do you know about this? No, I don't know about the sign house, but I worked on the West Bank for a long time. Oh, okay. 
So the sign house is a ramshackle residence so bedecked with vintage metal advertising signs and old cars that it was often mistaken for a flea bag hotel or gas station. I wonder if that's still there. I, I feel like I, I would have seen like that. I would have seen it, it yeah. I'm going to look it up. Here, Fred indulged his driving passions, barely checked hedonism, collecting cast-off cultural artifacts, and photography. A like serious a good mus- time. Oh, yeah. A serious music fan with a camera, he photographed bands like the Rolling Stones and the Grateful Dead in their prime. This would result in a book of photos and stories titled When the Stones Came to Town, published in 2020 by the Minnesota Historical Society Press. That's so funny mm. because people like still talk about when the Rolling Stones came to town, like when they first came, because didn't they like do a show at like the old log theater or some shit? Know, they were probably. like staying in Excelsior. Mr. Jimmy. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. The, which can't be verified, but I like to think that it is. Mm-hmm. I have. I don't know if this house is still here. I found it, but the only picture of it is connected to this person's obit. Mm. Okay. And it is just like a residence. There are a couple quirky houses like this all over the place. Like there's one in South Minneapolis where folks who have uh, made giant contraptions for the May Day Parade every year have like really amazing statues and stuff all over their yard that they made. But I don't know if this there's is still there. There's one like wackadoo far right house that has like horrible Ew. paint mm-hmm. signs. But it's not this. Well, it used to be there anyway. Okay. By 1980, a court judge, quote unquote, encouraged Fred's permanent turn to sobriety, leading to a career as an auto mechanic, a path in tune with his lifelong love of motorcycles and classic automobiles. To the end, he loved traveling, attending rock music events, eating well, and sporting vintage attire. He never stopped collecting vinyl records, vintage toys, metal signs, rock posters, you name it. Uh, the sign house was demolished in 1982. Oh, dang. Mm. Yep. Also collected were friends. Everywhere he went, Fred's jovial nature, infectious sense of humor, and boundless font of fascinating stories drew people to him. Fred Case was a free spirit who lived his life to the fullest. His family and the hundreds of friends he made his family will miss him greatly. A joyous celebration of life will be held later this spring. So I just thought it was cute, and I love that his photo is his fucking mugshot. (laughs) I also added a photo, I think, of him standing in front of the sign house in 1982, which is shortly before it was demolished. So you can see a picture of it. It was very cool. You can buy his book in hardcover. Mm. Uh, When the Stones Came to Town, Rock and Roll Photos from the 1970s. It looks cool. Yeah. Very cool. So, what an interesting character. I know. I just thought he was cute and I just wanted to uh, give him a little nod in this episode. He sounds like a real cool guy. I put another picture of He kind of looks like your dad, Amanda. He does. I know. And like that photo shoot from their college in Cornell. Mm -hmm. Yeah. He totally looks like my dad had those glasses. He was already fucking bald as a cue ball by the time he was like 25. Leather jacket. Wow. Super cute. Uh, I see it. I see it. I see it. Well, good on you, Fred. Yeah. Good job, Fred. All right. Well, thank you for listening, and uh, we'll see you next month. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. 
Thanks for listening to Wine and Crime. Our cover art is by Kala Yip. Music by Phil Young and Corey Wendell. Editing by Jonathan Camp. Check out our website and blog at wineandcrimepodcast.com. You can also follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at wineandcrimepod. If you have questions, answers, or recommendations to share, email us at wineandcrimepodcast at gmail.com. Episodes are available on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, basically wherever you get your favorite podcasts. And if you like the show, please rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts. It is the best way to spread the word. If you'd like to show your support, visit our Patreon page to keep this podcast and the wine flowing. Cheers! Cheers!